In this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, Matt Kelly and I explore the recent termination of the five members of the PCAOB, including Chairman Bill Dunkey, and what it means for the compliance profession and the audit profession going forward. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. And we have a delicious episode for you today based on a blog post Matt wrote entitled The PCAOB House Cleaning and You. So, Matt, first of all, welcome. And what inspired you to write this blog? Uh, well, good morning, Tom. And uh, I mean, this was big news. That's what inspired it. Uh, for those people who have not yet heard, on Friday evening, uh, SAC Chairman Gary Gensler announced that he had fired the chairman of the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, Bill Dunkey. Uh, and not only did Gensler fire Bill Dunkey, but he told the remaining three PCAOB board members uh, that as soon as practical, he's going to replace all of them, too. Uh, there are actually five seats on the PCAOB board. One of them is currently vacant from a PCAOB board member, Jay Brown, who quit in a huff earlier this year because he didn't like where Dunkey was taking the agency. Um, but here is Gary Gensler coming in with guns blazing and basically announcing that he's going to replace the entire PCAOB leadership, uh, starting with Bill Dunkey, the chairman, who was fired on the spot. And now the others have been told that uh, the clock is ticking on whatever tenure they may have. And so big news. And here we are. So this, uh, I would assume, Matt, being something uh, very important for the audit profession, but perhaps there are other corporate professions, such as compliance, that will be impacted by this. But could you start off with some of your thoughts on what you think this sweep means for the audit profession? Well, yeah, sure. So it, this sweep means a couple of different things to different audiences, and it will mean the most to audit firms, internal auditors, and financial compliance people at corporations uh, and anybody else who might be involved in internal control over financial reporting, uh, financial audits, SOX audits, and things like that. Um, what it will mean for them soon enough is that once Gary Gensler does bring in uh, entirely new leadership to the PCAOB, uh, the PCAOB is going to start acting more in step with Gensler's priorities. And so you can game out what is that going to mean. Um, I suspect it will mean more talk at the PCAOB about ESG and climate change disclosures. Gensler is pushing for companies to do more to disclose that information. Now, the next question is going to be, well, how do you audit all that stuff to make sure it's accurate? And that's where the PCAOB would enter the, the uh, picture. Um, Bill Dunkey was never going to be a fan of that. He probably was never going to touch ESG auditing standards with the 10-foot pole. I don't know that we can say, oh, yeah, we're all going to have audited ESG statements by 2024. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but it could once uh, Gensler brings new leadership in who's actually going to take ESG issues seriously, which Dunkey, was, I don't think, ever was going to. Um, you could see more... Uh, enforcement around audit failures and auditor misconduct. Uh, so anybody listening from audit firms specifically, you would have to think about that. Um, there probably will be more attention to setting of audit standards. 
uh, particularly around, say, data analytics or cybersecurity. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the PCAOB published a statement that basically said they saw no need for new audit standards or new discussion around data analytics in corporate audits, uh, in ICFR audits or financial audits. They said the standards we have now are perfectly fine for data analytics. Um, that always struck me as quite a punt on a very important issue because the tech is racing forward on using data analytics in audits. Uh, and as to cybersecurity, it's worth noting that in 2019, the chairman of the SEC then, Jay Clayton, he fired or declined to reappoint the only cybersecurity expert on the PCAOB, a woman named Kathleen Hamm, who had wanted to serve another term. And historically, if you want to serve a second term on the PCAOB, you get to. Um, Clayton broke precedent with that. He dumped Kathleen Hamm and he brought in a White House aide and Trump loyalist who many people would say has no business being on the PCAOB. She did not yet really have the professional chops for that level of uh, board position. But okay, so that tells you a lot about where the PCAOB had previously thought about cybersecurity. If we have new leaders, I suspect they're going to talk more about cybersecurity and its relevance to an internal controls audit or a financial statement audit. So there's going to be a lot more attention to things that Dunkey had kind of turned a blind eye to. He was very much in the Trump deregulatory knee-jerk camp. Uh, if we want to talk about some of his uh, management of the PCAOB, I'll put it that way. He had a very tumultuous and controversial tenure there, um, but all of that is gone. And now we're going to have new leaders. So for internal audit, for internal control, for audit firms, there's going to be a lot of stuff that will start to happen once we get new leadership in. And that's going to be soon, not next week, but certainly within months, we're going to see them all there. Matt, before we get to Dunkey's leadership style, uh, perhaps we could uh, explore what this change might mean for the compliance profession. Yeah, see, I actually think that is the more interesting thing here, is not so much what is happening at the PCAOB, but the political dimension of Gensler deciding to do this, uh, because this is the second time he has taken an action that has resulted in the liberal wing of the Democratic Party saying, right on, this is what we want. Uh, so what had happened the first time, Tom, you and I actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, is that Gary Gensler had appointed a woman named Alex O to be the enforcement director at the SEC. She was a longtime corporate lawyer whose clients included ExxonMobil. And the progressive wing of the Democratic Party did not like that one bit. And they told Gensler, you should fire this woman. And six days later, O resigned. Now, ostensibly, she resigned because there were some allegations of lawyer misconduct in a case that she had been working on, where she had said some untrue statement in a deposition about opposing counsel. And I, I don't know what the real story is there, but the bottom line was that the left wing of the party was incensed that Alex O was going to run enforcement at the SEC, told Gensler to fire her, and a week later, O was gone. Now, yet again, we see that uh, the PCAOB, the left wing of the Democratic Party, did not like Bill Dunkey running it. They did not think much of the PCAOB as an agency. And they had told Gensler, you should fire all of these people. You should get rid of Dunkey. You should replace the rest of the board. You have the legal authority to do it. And the PCAOB is a feckless, 
regulator under Dunkey replaced them all. And Gensler did it. So I'm not saying necessarily that Gensler is beholden to uh, people such as Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, who were the first to say that Gary Gensler, when he fired Dunkey, they were the first ones to say, right on, this is exactly what he should be doing. But I, I don't know that Gensler is beholden to them as much as maybe he understands that the liberal wing of the party could really tie him into knots and he has to pay attention to what they want. And he is paying attention to what they want. And the PCAOB Friday night massacre here is an example of Gensler paying attention. So for ethics and compliance officers, I would recommend you all sit back and say, huh, well, what else is Gensler going to do that is going to be in step with what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders want? Because then suddenly we get into a whole larger range of issues around ESG, around regulation of, say, meme stocks, around regulation of insider stock sales, which Gensler said yesterday he's going to pay more attention to. Uh, There are a host of progressive causes that I think we might see Gensler moving very boldly and very forcefully on. And those things are going to be much more relevant to compliance officers than the PCAOB and ICFR audits specifically. They are a symbol of where Gensler might be going with the SEC and its agenda. And where he's going to go, probably, is going to affect the rest of the ethics and compliance world quite a lot. And that's where I'd recommend you sit back and kind of watch what people are doing and the signals that they're sending. We're going to turn to some legal issues. And I wanted to start with the actual termination of Dunkey. And what did you see uh, cited as the basis which allowed Gensler to fire Dunkey? Oh, I, I love this because this is our history lesson for the podcast. Um, in the mid to late 2000s, when the PCAOB was still a new agency, uh, it was not entirely clear under the statute of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act when and how the PCAOB chairman could be fired. So conservatives and Republicans pushed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the PCAOB. They said, no, 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 this violates the appointments clause of the Constitution, that you could have a regulatory uh, authority in the PCAOB chairman who couldn't be fired by the president. Well, that violates the appointments clause of the Constitution, so that should be invalidated. And oh, thanks to a quirk in the law, when it was written, there was no severability issue or clause included in SOX. And they had this dream that by challenging the constitutionality of the PCAOB chairmanship, that they could overturn SOX overall. Now, this case was never going to go anywhere, but it actually, you know, they pushed and they pushed, and it got all the way up to the Supreme Court, which in 2011 uh, issued a ruling that said the PCAOB is constitutional, but to square it with the appointments clause and any concern about the president having executive authority over a regulatory agency, the president or his designate, including the SEC chairman, could fire the PCAOB chairman at any time, with or without cause. And 10 years later, that power is what led Gary Gensler to fire Bill Dunkey uh, and leave the Republicans apoplectic, by the way. All of the Republicans on the House Financial Services Committee were besides themselves and expressing outrage. Ditto for the Senate Banking Committee, with Minority Leader Tim Toomey also said that he is going to hold Gensler accountable. Dude, you're in the minority party. You aren't holding him accountable. Elizabeth Warren is the one who can hold Gensler accountable. 
That's why we are discussing all of what we just did two minutes ago. Uh, and then even a rather extraordinary statement from the two Republican commissioners on the SEC itself, who put out a joint statement that this was intemperate and this was rash. And I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but the mechanism to give Gansler the authority to do this was pushed by Republicans. Uh, and in fact, another even better fun fact is that the appellate court decision that was challenged in the Supreme Court had a minority dissenting opinion written by none other than federal district uh, federal appellate court justice Brett Kavanaugh in 2010, who said, oh no, the SEC should be able to fire the PCOB chairman for whatever power or whatever reason. And so it's all of that backstory is what gave Gensler the power to call up Dunkey and say, you're fired, and then turn to all the rest of them and say, you know what, you guys are all gonna be out on your rear end too. And so here we are, fascinating little bit of history, biting people on the rear end. Matt, there's a second legal issue that I'd like to uh, bring up, uh, but it leads to our next uh, section to talk about really the type of atmosphere Dunkey uh, brought to the PCAOB and how he treated people. And that's the lawsuit by Sue Lee for wrongful termination. Yes. In her complaint, she detailed, frankly, some very um, troubling accusations that Dunkey perpetrated a racist and xenophobic campaign uh, against her individually because of her Chinese heritage. Uh, at one time, he even saw uh, Lee uh, ha had a picture of Elizabeth Warren on her desk, and uh, he reacted quite intemperately to that. Uh, the I've read the complaint. It, it's very troubling, but what does it tell you about the larger issue of how Dunkey uh, really uh, treated the employees or what was the culture at the PCAOB under his tenure? Well, all evidence points to a leader who was very imperious and frankly self-righteous and alienating to everyone. And so why are we surprised that all of this finally caught up to him? Um, you know, it really, aside from the allegations that Sue Lee made against him, which, you know, they do come across as racist and xenophobic and frankly, politically correct, because he, as a Republican, was on this sort of jihad campaign to purge any Democrats or insufficiently Trump loyalist uh, employees from the PCOB. He wanted them all out so he could get his own people in there so he could do what he wanted. And um, the rest of it was just, you know, noise as far as he was concerned. Uh, it's interesting to see some of the other actions that he had taken uh, such as the agency had disbanded its investor advisory group and its standing advisory group. And that actually prompted a number of the investment advisory group people who had been dismissed. Uh, they had written a letter to Gensler earlier this year saying, this is a mess. Uh, Donkey's running rampant like this is his own personal fiefdom to pursue his views on dismantling the PCAOB and audit regulation. Uh, and they called for Dunkey to be dismissed. And lo and behold, here we are. I don't know that we're going to reconstitute those advisory groups. I suspect that we'll see that. Um, you know, did all of what Dunkey was doing to change the agency, to weaken its enforcement, to dismiss outside groups giving him advice, was that all legal? Yes. But again, was it alienating and self-righteous and imperious? Yeah. 
Uh, and that just was not going to fly when Duncan needs to understand, you know, this is a Biden administration that's in charge and he has to listen to them. And this isn't his own personal fiefdom. Never mind all of the terrible personal misconduct that is alleged in this uh, lawsuit from Sue Lee. I have heard from other sources that all of us on the outside, like we don't know the half of the dysfunction that went on at the PCAOB. Uh, it is worth noting the PCAOB has been dysfunctional for a long time. Uh, Dunkey is in there because the previous five PCAOB board members had been fired in 2017 for an entirely different incompetence and misconduct scandal that we can get to some other day. Um, and you know, we, so on and so forth. The PCAOB has long been a troubled agency, but Dunkey's leadership style certainly did not do the agency any favors. And ultimately, it wasn't doing investors any favors who depend on audits for a certain level of assurance. And the auditing business has a lot of issues that need more oversight. And that was just in anathema to what Dunkey wanted to do. Matt, for me, what you just articulated is the key point that this actually hurt American investors or those who might invest in uh, publicly traded companies. And as that is the role uh, of the PCAOB to, to foster greater audit and why it was created in the wake of Sarbanes-Oxley, do you see Dunkey's leadership as akin, something akin to Christopher Cox's really vacant leadership at the SEC, particularly after uh, it failed to detect Bernie Madoff and the really uh, devastating Madoff scandal, or is it something else going on here? Or was something else going on here? A, a lot of people would say that the adjective vacant could apply to Chris Cox in all sorts of ways. Um, I, I think that the Securities and Exchange Commission back in the second Bush administration when Cox was in charge, that, that had its own dysfunctions. And Cox, with his uh, absent-minded and vacant uh, abilities and leadership, didn't help. But uh, here, all evidence to me suggests that Bill Dunkey did have a very clear idea of what he wanted to do with the PCAOB. Um, the problem was that what he wanted to do was really contradictory to the PCAOB's mission. Um, you know, he had long said that uh, he thought the PCAOB originally and potentially could have been folded into the Securities and Exchange Commission and not exist at all. And it would have been more like a division of public auditing. Uh, and that was a dis discussion that had floated around 20 years ago when SOX was first being proposed. Um, but you know what? Who cares that you think that's a good idea? It's not the idea that we went with. The idea that we went with was that you have a PCAOB. It is supposed to be overseeing auditors. It is supposed to enforce against auditors. It is supposed to adopt new standards. None of that was happening under Bill Dunkey. I don't think because he was absent-minded or disengaged, but I think because he didn't believe in that sort of thing. He clearly was a Trumpist deregulatory extremist who just didn't believe that regulators should do anything. Um, I'm not necessarily saying you need extensive and Byzantine regulation, but you need smart and forceful regulation and competent regulation. And I don't know that that's ever what we saw from the PCAOB, uh, certainly under Dunkey and arguably for long before that. But like I said, Dunkey didn't solve the problems that existed at the PCAOB. He just created different ones. And how on earth does that help investors? Matt, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if you might be able to sort of sum up your thoughts on uh, the tenure of Dunkey is firing and what it may mean going forward. Well, I, I do think that 
Basically, it means there is a new sheriff in town in the Biden administration that has a very different view on what the Trump administration and its holdovers who are still floating around like Dunkey, uh, what they're going to do. Uh, Dunkey was not a good leader for this regulator. And I think we should be relieved that he is now removed. Um, But auditors specifically should watch to see how oversight of their profession is going to change and probably increase and mature with new PCAOB leadership. Compliance officers should watch to see how this episode from Gary Gensler at the Securities and Exchange Commission, how this symbolizes that he's probably going to have a very ambitious regulatory agenda that he is not going to be afraid to push Uh, Because if he doesn't push it, he will face political pressures uh, from Washington, from the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. He doesn't want that. I think he believes in these causes, too. And so this, I think, is one piece of a bigger push for Gary Gensler that is eventually going to catch up with a lot of other compliance issues that – we'll wind up talking about in future podcasts. Well, Matt, now we are at the end of our time. I can't wait to see what next week brings us. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you have any questions, you can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. We're going to link to Matt's blog post on this issue, which I know you will enjoy. This month on The Compliance Life, I feature Gabe Hidalgo. Gabe has an unusual journey to the CCO chair. It's largely based on his geographic upbringing as a New Yorker fascinating exploration of AML compliance after the time of 9-11. I know you'll enjoy it. Also premiering this month on the Compliance Podcast Network from the Editor's Desk, a bi-monthly podcast where I visit with Compliance Week Editor-in-Chief Dave LaFort on some of the top stories reported on by Compliance Week during the month. Check it out on the first and last Friday of each month. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.